Hello and welcome to the 551 Podcast. My name is Wes Verdine, and across from me is Rodrigo Sanchez Chavaria. Uh, yeah. Um, that was that was that was the crowd at the uh, at the Peru USA game. Yeah. I still have no idea why we outnumber USA fans in the stands in Connecticut of all places. Yeah. Who knows? But. Uh, you're, you, we just came from, uh, the black heart where we watched, uh, U S men versus, uh, Peruvian men. Uh, and, uh, it was a good time. Uh, you know, one, one draw. We'll talk about the game in a little bit. Uh, we did, we did get, uh, regaled. Well, you, you were, you came in after, uh, I was talking to Dr. Bill McGuire was there. Talking. Yes. Dr. Bill McGuire was there. And he, uh. That was exciting. I was kind of like low key. Fan crushing, just a little bit. Yeah, yeah. So um, we we talked for a little bit. I, I, I we were talking about the bar, and I, I I kind of referred to it as kind of diving. And he was like, "Oh no, no, this is not a dive bar." And he then told me a story about um, a bar in Galveston uh, that he used to go to called Sonny's Place. And he was like, "Yeah, once I was in uh, Galveston with uh, with Nadine, that's his wife, and." And, uh, you know, they, cause they lived there, I think, uh, I forget why. Um, and, uh, there, there was a bookie joint running out of the back of it. And, uh, at one point this, these two guys come in with guns and they're like, this is a stick up type thing. And then the bartender drops behind and pulls up his own two guns and then they start shooting it out. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, and there's a, there's a bullet, bullet hole still in the wall and, uh. And it's uh, you know commemorated. And they sat through the whole thing while were they drinking their drinks? As they were, as I, it was I assume that they probably dropped to the ground as well. But uh, uh, anyway, next, so I'm, next time, next time in the presence of Bill McGuire, I will have to ask the question if yeah. they dropped to the ground or not. But uh, I'm going to Galveston for Thanksgiving, so I was like, dude, I am going to this place. Apparently, still around. It's still around. Oh yeah, wow! Yeah, so, uh, so anyway, so we got stories of of uh, dive bar chicanery. From from him and uh, and we watched the game and uh, so you and I have no notes tonight because we were watching the game we weren't able to write notes we have busy lives and stressful lives and this is the way the fans want it right this is just uh, it's like the the new movie um, uh, free climb or whatever it's we're just gonna go no net nothing but nothing beneath us so we've got let's start off with the tidbits U.S. Women's National Team Wednesday night. They're in the final after... Uh, oh, so I excited think, for that. I think it's like 24 goals scored, zero allowed. Um, uh, and there were people that were worried, right? I mean, like, I remember, like, having a conversation on Twitter with uh, with certain people uh, about how, like, do you, after after you beat Mexico, do you, do you play around with the roster? Do you sit the starters? And people were like, no, we need to play. We need to play as strong as we can. And I'm like, well... Uh, I mean, it's not the U.S. men national team, so they yeah. they've they've yet to fault yet. So yeah, they've yet to crap their pants. Uh, they're in the World Cup, though. Uh, they 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 qualified, um, and they have the it. chance to win. Yeah, yeah. The game against Jamaica was was just as lopsided as all the others. But ca- the the Canadian team is the only other really decent team in uh, Concacaf, and so. Uh, so this will be a good game. It's on at uh, at the Blackheart. We'll have we'll have it on the television, and uh, yeah, it'll be a good time. And um, yeah, that's that's my my uh, weekly plug. Oh, the weekly. other weekly yeah, plug no. for uh, for Blackheart is uh, and again, this show is now sponsored by Blackheart because 
Because uh, we just came from Because my life depends on this bar succeeding. Uh, but we launch a Kickstarter uh, yes, today. Yes, yes. So people can do things. If you like Bill McGuire, Dr. Bill McGuire, uh, you can, uh, you can uh, support and be part of a small invitation only uh question and answer session with with him uh and that's how much uh that's 400 yeah but you also get uh drinks for the drinks. home and away game yes. next year so uh, you know it'll that, it'll pay i'm off. just wanted i just want to let people know that drinks includes the chilcano so yes. yeah so yes please do um and then uh yeah, and so people should do that, or just you know, just and then you t- have the t-shirts, as t-shirts, well, sixty dollar level, right? Yeah, t-shirts and and uh, pine glass. So, yeah, uh, I mean, basically, we need people to support us. So I have no, I hate Kickstarter. Um, I got stressed out again, like just launching it. I'm just like, oh my god, it's just so stupid. I hate it. But you know, we kind of we've got a lot of renovations, and we're gonna and and, and I've seen some of the plans for that, and yeah. it looks like it looks like it's it's it's. It's so. going to be a great place. So please, please uh, follow follow Blackheart and then go ahead and go to their Kickstarter page and and donate. I mean, like there you go. I'm I'm gonna be a sixty dollar donation because I want oh. I I want I want the t-shirt and I want the the uh, pint glass. Thank you, pint glass. Uh, the the, thank the you. gesture yes. you were making was not a pint glass. So. <laughs> <laughs> it right. was it was it was close to a pint yeah. glass. Let's uh, let's take a break. We'll come back and we will talk uh, U.S. versus Peru. Back on the 55-1 podcast, let's talk U.S. men's national team versus the Peruvian national team men. Um, uh, I, I had people in my bar duties. You sometimes. were you were famous. That's what you were. No. Second half, you were famous and you were cornered by people talking you up and you were able to watch the second half, which is fine because then you, you miss... You miss you miss the reason why Newcastle saw, should not have yeah. Yetlin playing on the field. I saw the goals. So uh, <laughs> U.S. U.S. comes out with basically like the babies, like Brad Guzan, which was great to see. Yeah, Brad Guzan basically is like the preschool teacher coming out. Uh, he's got the the glue sticks and stuff like that. And like other than I think Will Trapp was probably the oldest player out there, and he was like twenty. He's twenty eight, maybe maybe he's older. I don't know. But um, but everyone else, the average age was like. 14 yeah you removed guzman and i think 23 is the average age of that group and that's great Uh, yeah so so it was was great to see um you know i I, again i've i've kind of said that i do think that you want some veterans sprinkled in there because i think that you can just throw i guess i guess the question would be do you want bradley in there yeah I, i i always do but but it was good to see him not out there he came in eventually but i thought um i was surprised at the approach which was peru had what like a million percent of the percent uh, of the possession, and the U.S. just kind of seeded it. And Peru didn't do that much for the, especially for no. The first I mean, half. Peru Peru put it in a roster that wasn't um, you know their starting rotation at the World Cup. So they uh, uh, Polo was in there. I think uh, Cayenne's was in there, who plays for uh, for uh, NYFC, and um, of course Raul Ro- Ro- Diaz, Seattle was out there. Um, Yotun eventually came in. Yotun eventually came in, but Polo was there, Portland. So yeah. So and then and then but, uh, but, Rutalo, would... but it was it was it, it was it was a younger crowd. I mean, we didn't have our starting goalie as well too. So like I I understood what 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 uh, Peru was trying to do. Gareca was trying to do. They were trying to be able to 
to experiment and see who will be the people that will be called up for the for the upcoming friendlies and also for the upcoming tournament as well too. And I think uh, it was nice to be able to see um, some of the players just try to and you and you could tell both both squads did not have these rosters planned yeah. out as 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 they and and not not only planned out but not play together in yeah. in practice or in training because there was a lot of like you know passes in where the United States would would pass to open space and there there'd be nobody there right and it'd be a pickup yeah. for Peru and trying to get the ball in there and the same thing with Peru would be like combination plays and then the ball goes ball goes into a place where so there was a lot of just feeling each other out towards the first half Peru had a couple of chances but so did the United States I think uh, Kalina Costa had a had a decent game, mm-hmm. um, specifically that first half, and I think um, I think uh, we in the first you know beginning of the second half we saw probably the most ginger gold I've ever ever seen in my life by uh, uh, by Sergeant. I mean, set pieces are always called something. It a ginger gold. Ginger gold, yes, his hair. Oh, oh, <laughs> ginger, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. You get it. Right, right. I mean his curls and everything, and it was like yeah. you know we were bouncing as he made that goal. I mean it was, it was, it was, it was just an amazing you know be able to see how because I I like I like I like Sergeant. I like the fact that they played young players because it's always you want to be able to know what you have, especially if you're building towards the future. And I think it's important that we play um, players that are that are willing that they need that time to be able to build that um, that chemistry that. For example, Peru's starting eleven have right that that, that Gareca has built around is be able to build that chemistry and build that work ethic, and I think and that set piece in which in which Sergeant uh, scored that goal was was very was very you know foreshadowing of of, of what can be right, um, and I and I appreciated that, and I think I think after that, I mean, on the second half around the seventieth minute, I think that's when the United States decided to to park it yeah. and that's when Yatun came in and that's when uh, other starting players came in Jordi Reina came in I mean and really if you look at if you, if you look at the Peruvian players on that team there's a lot of MLS players like yeah, Van- yeah Jordi Reina was playing for Vancouver you had Andy Polo uh, playing for Portland you had Cayenne who was playing for MLCFC. Uh, MLC and then you had Yatun playing for Orlando Rui so, like, Rui Diaz playing for, for Seattle which, which to me seems to be like the pickup of, yeah. If we were to grade all the pickups of Peruvian players, that's probably the best pickup I've I've had. So, so, so do you, from a Peruvian standpoint, do you feel were you like satisfied with what what you watched? I think, I think so. In the in the aspect that I, um, we got to see some of the players um, get some playing time that usually are on the eyes of Gareca to see if they'll make the the eighteen. Or, or they'll get called up to be able to play. Uh, Jordi Reina was was in the dog hogs with Gareca for a while because of his uh, yeah. his allegations yeah. uh, of domestic violence or, or sexual assault. Who, and who was who was the fullback who you were? Like, Luis Avincula. Yeah, Avincula. Number seventeen. Yeah, yeah you uh, you were like ready to go over to walk over to Doctor Bill and be like, you need to sign this guy. Yes, we should have who, signed who's that he guy. Play with, who's he play for? Uh, he plays for a he plays for a, elite, a team in the uh, in the in the Spanish league. So, so and he's been doing pretty decently out there. I just oh, was, he plays for Rayo Vallecano. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. So I was I, w- I was really like it, I felt like it was a missed opportunity. He's a physical he's a physical left back who actually knows how to how to play that position and plays well when he pushes it up. I mean, a couple of those opportunities in which Peru had 
had had a chance to score where because Luis Avincula was 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 creating those opportunities. So yeah. I think he he is uh, you know he, he's he's he was one of the best players in the for the Peruvian squad in the World Cup. So so I'm I, I would you know my hope will be to he's to on loan that. from Tigres is what this says. So um. So uh, I am from from the U.S. Uh, perspective. I, I, I again, I, I was maybe feeling similar. Like, look, we we put out some kids there. You see what they can do. Um, uh, what's his name? Amon. Uh, Amon. U.S. I forget. Is Jonathan. Jonathan yeah. Amon. Yeah. yeah uh, he was the left winger, and uh, I'd never seen him play. He's been tearing up uh, in in the the uh, um, Danish Superliga. Um, and he had that one great interplay that, you know, be put then, he like, he curled the ball and uh, Timothy Weah just kind of pulled back a little bit, didn't expect the ball to come to him. Right, right, right. That was, that, that, was that breakaway, that yeah, breakaway in the first half. That beautiful he, play. He, he made one of the Peruvian defenders overcommit and then yeah. he took that in a space and I thought he was just going to shoot. But yeah. then he used the outside of his foot to curl the ball yeah. in. And, and Ware wasn't even aware. Like we we, we talked yeah. about it as we were seeing the replays that he slowed down, thinking the ball was not gonna get to him. And if he would have just kept on going, that would have been a, a a really great opportunity to yeah. to put the ball in the net. Yeah. So it was it was um it was really good to watch some of those guys play. It's great. You know, I haven't seen Josh Chardon play that much. I thought his goal was you know as you said, set pieces are always a. Uh, a roll of a dice, but you know, it was, right? Because he started, he, he started well. in the in that massive group in the second post. And he was able to break out, yeah. with that with that misdirection mm-hmm. and be able to play that ball and yeah. hard enough to be able whoever uh, our goalie was at that point because uh, it wasn't our starting goalie to be able to just uh you know not be able to miss the, the redirect the ball and then went in back to yeah. that. So that was a solid goal. Like there was nothing about it, and 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 I think um, it was it was it was it was, it was it was a really good opportunity to be able to see what what could happen, and it was that. Yeah. Kellen Acosta had a, had a, had a decent game, I yeah. thought, and I. The more I see him, the more I the, the more I have more confidence in what he might be able to do on yeah. the field. I mean, his goal against uh, against his previous friendly was 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 really nice to nice nice to watch. Well, so. the the second half, then you know, I thought Reggie Cannon did a decent yes, job. Yes, Cannon as, did as a, a good fullback. job as well too. Yeah, I haven't I watched him much for Dallas this year, <clears throat> um, but I know a lot of people are high on him. And uh, I was surprised, you know, that Yedlin came in and then Yedlin just completely was just dinking with himself, just playing with his dingus um, on on the, the Peru goal. I mean, literally, uh, who, who, who scored it on that far, far post? That was, uh, uh, Edison Flores. Flores, yeah. He, uh, he's right next to Yedlin. Yedlin. Who might not be a bad person to pick up, by the way. Um, yeah. Who's he play for? Um, Ed- I think Edison a, Flores. I'll, I think I he plays uh, in the Mexican league. Actually. But um, uh, either that or the, or the moral of, moral of the story is that you know Yedlin basically pulls his pants down, starts playing with himself. Flores just runs <laughs> to the back post and and scores the goal. He right. plays. And he then, plays for Morelia. And it, yeah, yeah. So, so it's the Mexican league. Yeah. So the thing is, 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 is you know, I I get we need, we need wingers. Yes, we do need wingers, especially the Edison Flores type that are actually willing to hang around the second post and across that to just able to tap that ball in. Uh, but regardless, I think my issue has always been with Yelin is that he's not his his strong suit is not defending, even though he plays yeah, yeah. defense. He's he's, he's yeah. one of those you know he's one of those backs that is 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 fast and is willing he's a, to he's be able a to, winger but he's not good enough to be a winger and so they throw him as a fullback exactly right that's one of the things yeah. that it is and 
And that's, you know, he plays for Newcastle, which is my Premier League club. And I, every time he touches the, touches the ground, I, I, I cringe a little bit more. Yeah. And I think it was, it was obvious because he, he, he was not tracking at all who he's supposed to be tracking in that play. And that's why Edison Flores was wide open for that tap-in goal. Yeah. But at that point, you know, it was, it, we had Yotun, we had Reina in, 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 in playing. So, it, you know, Gareca figured, you know, okay, I need to be able to bring in some starters to be able to make this one. And Peru was, was, was literally in, 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 the, in the attacking third of, of, yeah. of, of their field and just, just trying to get coming, ball. It, the yeah. goal was coming eventually. And yeah. so it was, just, it was nice to be able to, to see what, how the how the um, attacking changed when Yotun and Yori Reina were able to, the, the passing was more precise or and more most most mostly in depth into into yeah. the into the twenty yard boxes. So yeah. it was really interesting to be able to see that Raúl Ruiz Diaz created some opportunities, but not the types of opportunities that we've seen him create in the Mexican League or in with Seattle. So. Yeah. Um, so not that great of a showing for him, but overall, I think um, he he played a role that needed to be played. And um, I think if I were to give the ball to anybody, I mean, I really like uh, Luis Advincula's play was was key. Um, I think um, I think Ortalo did a did a decent job. I think uh, I think overall um, we had some some you know some 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 good players of yeah. our young backs. But once our starters came in. Uh, it was it was obviously and it was it was yeah. impressive to to see how Gareca decided to put Jordi Jordi Reina in since he was in a doghouse for the for the call up for the World Cup, so um, to be able to give him a second opportunity and see him be able to create space and play with other players gives gives you a a different view of what a Peruvian Peruvian team may look like for the next Copa America or for the next tournament or, or whatnot. So, but I have I have to add anything else. It would be that it is always nice. To beat Chile in yeah. any friendly, you beat, any Ch- you beat Chile uh, over the weekend, mm-hmm. and congratulations! So congratulations uh, yeah, to yeah. myself. I yeah. will be gloating, um, uh, but yes, it's always good when you be able to beat Chile in the Clásico del Pacifico. Yeah. Um, so it's always good. I'm looking forward to seeing what the um, what the lookup for the Copa America yeah. this year will be, um, but also conversation and to see what this. This talk about this Northern American Soccer League will be as well, too. Oh, we'll hit that in the, the next uh, segment. Um, all right. Let's uh, take a break. We'll come back and uh, talk about uh, just that and Minnesota United. Here we are. Rodrigo and Wes on the 55-1 podcast. Uh, um, lots of people writing in. They love when Alex is on the pod, but he is sick this week. Uh, lots of people um, named Eric writing in, asking where Eric is, and I don't know where to go. Um, no, he, there were I, definitely not at the Black Heart. Yeah, so. definitely not. No, I, we we we've got at least the two of us. Uh, let's before we hit Minnesota United FC uh, briefly. I want to talk about you brought up this uh, idea of the the Super League, the U.S. Canada Mexico League that that was floated. The idea that MLS and uh, Liga MX uh, um, people have talked about. You know, what if we after twenty twenty six had one league? Um, I'm. I'll say my general opinion, uh, which is I'm against them when they talk about this for Europe. But in, in North America, 
it kind of could be cool or it could be just a super entrenchment of, you know, League MX already wants to get rid of relegation, super entrenchment of the mega powers. But how do you do that if you've got <clears throat> how many mega powers in, in uh, Mexico and you're going to have 28 MLS teams? You're going to have a 50% league? You have to have some sort of promotion and relegation. I, th- I think that's the only way this league works, I mean, in my opinion. I mean, I also want to be able to see what the numbers would be money-wise. Like, who would be making money in this league out of those teams and who would not be, you know, like, well, will the Cruz Azuls of the world be making money or will, like, the Cataros Yeah, how teams will, will the be? media rights be? Right, and know. how many how many U.S. teams, well, cause it, you know, how many MLS teams will be making into this league? How many, how saturated will be with M- with with uh, Liga MX teams? And yeah. How does that, does that make it even? Does that make it yeah. fair? Um, how will that work? I think... You know, specifically with the money that the MLS has invested over the years yeah. into this, how do how do how do they see this as a return in the investment so far? Yeah. I think it, it works towards exposure, uh, which is something that uh, the league has been turning towards more with signings of like Zlatan or Rooney and as well as and Vela and all the other players to be able to entice more more fans to watch the game and watch the league. But how does that work, and how does that benefit the Mexican league in the sense? Yeah. So, like, there's a lot of. I think well, I think I mean, overall, benefits the Mexican a, league in that yeah. all of a sudden they have a huge revenue stream open up to them. They 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 desperately want that, and for MLS, they have a huge revenue stream open because they desperately want all these Latino fans out there who are like, yeah, but why don't I just watch my hometown club of Chivas Guadalajara rather than your shitty, you know. FC Dallas USA. team, oh, yeah. <laughs> so I, 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 it's fascinating. But I mean, I also am like. I, I think it's a. I think it's an interesting conversation. I, I, I'd like to see what uh, it will develop to as we get closer to this to this magical date. And I'm also just thinking about how this conversation is going to be led by people with shitloads of money and right. like it. You know, the likelihood of it ending up in the positive imagination that I'm going in. And is low, and the likelihood that it's going to be just even like a a new, you know, a like Aladdin uh, magic carpet ride, whole new world of uh, corporate BS is is kind of what I'm. And, and I think that's something that we have to look into, like what 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 happened into the uh, Spanish league, and when like you know you have the Barcelonas and you have the Real Madrids making all the money in the league and keeping the league in float. Uh, and the financial situations of a lot of the teams are finding themselves in, um, you know, a lot of the, you know, you you can't deny that if they were to merge a league, it would be saturated with Mexican teams. And how does that make it fair for um, MLS teams well, specifically? Or, or you know, like, because yeah. you think of it, what are the top MLS teams besides Toronto, Atlanta? Maybe um, New New York teams. Yeah, LFC. so like you know, you but, you can probably you can probably say five or six teams that would be able to be able to be competitive in that league, but then how does that apply? To- well, the the money would just be, the money would change. We're talking a whole new paradigm, and suddenly, you know, maybe single entity would die. I assume. Right. So, but then, let's 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 move on to to Minnesota United FC. But, I wanted to bring it before, up before before that. I mean, I think it'd be it'd be interesting to point out how does this affect. The Liga MX Femenina, in a sense, uh, because a lot of those Liga MX teams have 
a female group playing for group a female team playing you know like sponsored team playing so right. so if that's able to transfer into the NWSL yeah yeah and there's an agreement and and when there's a, a there's a league in which that becomes stronger I I I would welcome that conversation and I think that would be something to have but I, I I don't think that's what their main focus may be. So yeah. Minnesota United uh, zero, Colorado Rapids two. Uh, this is a garbage game, absolute dire. I don't really want to talk about it too much uh, in detail because uh, it was. Uh, I said it was one of the it was the worst game of soccer I've ever seen. It, it wasn't. There's two games that are that rival it. One was worse. I've talked about it many times. It was uh, U.S. Open Cup 2013 home. In, at the Elizabeth Robbie Stadium uh, um, against Des Moines Menace, uh, Brian Arguez put in the worst performance I've ever seen by a Minnesota player, uh, and it was embarrassing. It was the only time I've, I've booed our players. Uh, and then the other one was the Atlanta 1-0 uh, loss at home this year, that which was garbage. The the 0-0 draw against Houston last year. But... That to say, 2-0 against Colorado. Were you, were you at this game or you just watched it? Later? No, I watched it. I um, It was um, end of the fall season for like coaching. Yeah. So I had to be able to, my kid was playing actually at the game time. And okay. um, I was getting updates from my from my wonderful my wonderful wife and partner, Nubia. She was kind of sending me updates about uh, what was going on. And um, oh, I said, think at one point I tweeted at you when Ibsen supposedly scored. <laughs> no. uh, um, but, you know, that the VAR out. and everything else was just... It, it was just... It, the, in the first half, the first half, there were opportunities for us to be able to, to connect. And it just, I don't understand why. Angelo Rodriguez missed two uh, Exactly, goals. yeah. Darwin, I believe, missed two great headers. It was... Um, the, the chances Eric, were Eric there. Miller made the MLS team of the week. Right, and I, I would like to say that was mostly because of that, of that cross that yeah, it was they, 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 that Quintero uh, missed. I don't know how he missed I that. I didn't think he. I had mean, a it was literally just right at his head. Yeah, I didn't think Miller had a very good game. Well, that's but. and and and, and let, that's debatable to the aspect of 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 what MLS yeah. decided to be would be the team yeah. of the week. So maybe that's not too many team, not too many players, play, uh, teams but, I, but, but, but I mean, I just like to be able yeah. to congratulate. Yeah. Congratulations, Eric. Eric, yeah. Eric on, on doing that. Uh, so. He said better games than that. <laughs> but, um, he has had better so, games. So, yes, so, uh, we, we had chances in the first half, but it was largely this, the first half in particular, just completely torpid, uh, BS. The, the possession was terrible. There was no if there was intent. any, yeah. And and you know, the difference between um, the 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 U.S. Open Cup game I mentioned and this one is, I don't think any Minnesota players had particularly bad games. Um, no one was garbage out there. I didn't I didn't question anyone's commitment or anything. The team was just terrible. It was just bad. It, um. And Colorado was bad as well. It was just a garbage game to watch. Neither team wanted to do anything. The referee didn't want to do anything. Uh, um, and this referee was uh, just recently like yeah. USL His, yeah, um, like referee. So I, this I've, is his I've first MLS about, game, right? I've bitched about, yes, I've bitched about VAR so many times. But the fact that we spent, and I've not gone back to count it, 
uh, but probably six or seven minutes of the day waiting to watch while he had his hand in his ear. No, 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 wait, 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 I'm listening. So that two minutes, three minutes later, he could go and watch the video. Just go and watch the video. Like, if you're going to just do that, it, it was, it took all the energy out. It was a gray, dull day. It, it was just, it was an embarrassment. I, and I thought that the fact that the game ended with a stupid fight um, was an embarrassment. Everything about the game, uh, I was thinking, man, if you had, if you were Minnesota United and you had new fans, people there for their first game, you just showed them a just a turd and not even a fresh turd like a hot <laughs> steaming turd with flies on it just a just a turd that's been there for 3 days and it's just it's got things living in it oh my god it was just it was a turd um but, i mean this 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 game was extremely frustrating in the aspect that it 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 felt that we weren't just making the connections that we that 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 we want to be able to see like if you look just, you know, like we had the double six and then we had Alexi and then, uh, I mean, Kava was out, Schuler was in, uh, yeah. was out as well too. It was, it's just, there was no real, like, and it speaks to the depth of of the team uh, that, that we have. It's like, we yeah. don't have any, right? I mean, like, and then, you know, in the first half when one of, one of, one of our, you know, best players on the field at that moment, you know, knocked knees and I literally held my breath thinking, oh no. Right, because that that right. that looked really really painful, and that you know, he eventually came back in, but then he was subbed out later in the second half. Just I'm assuming just to be, to be safe uh, from aggravating any kind of injury and the issue. It was just you know, it was it was it was one of those games where like you really don't know what the game plan was. Do you don't know it, it? It felt like you just put all these players out out there. And ex- hopefully they'll be able to be able to put s- some sort of product out there. And the product they put out there was not was not a good one, right? Um, and no. then people and, and people and people and people were trying to defend you know the fight. And I understand, I understand um, what you know the the fireies and the and and the fiery of of. Uh, Harrison Heath trying to go out and but Miguel Ibarra went out there specifically when someone is celebrating in your bench, right? Yeah, and, and I, I kind of I don't so my response to that at the time was like this is an embarrassment. That you you this is pathetic. Um you just played a crap game and now you guys are fighting. Now we have to wait and watch you. I literally only stuck around so I could yell Heath out. Like that's the only reason I stuck around. I would have walked out of that game because it was just garbage. And then the, the fight was just... But then when, you know, then I look at the specifics and like, look, there's a player celebrating right in front of your bench and doing that. Do I kind of understand Miguel kind of going up and pushing him? Yeah. Do I understand kind of heads going? You know, they're like, they're getting embarrassed at home by a shitty team. Yeah. Um, and, I, and I think that's, you know, you, the, the, the reaction been... from the team, do, 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 I, do I condone it? You know, violence usually not. But do I understand why someone's frustrated? Playing a very frustrating game, yeah. and and uh, reacting to be able to when someone's celebrating on your field, yeah, they, you know, I I get that. But uh, but at, but at the same time, I mean, like, if we're if we're looking at what, like, if when people talk about you know this three year plan, right? One first year you're you're 
you're you're ex- you're expecting to be able to build some sort of cohesiveness or some sort of idea what's going on. Year two, you want to be able to see some somewhat of a development or progression from certain players, right? I mean, but have we seen that, right? The only two people that I can really think of is, you know, is, is Ibarra and Schuler who have improved from the previous season. Everybody else right. has become stagnant or everybody else has not enough has not had enough playing opportunity or to, or be able, it, to, or be able to, to be able to do anything, right? Or was jettisoned from the first year of the season. You know, when you're talking about the three-year plan uh, and you said that, it's like, well, most of the people part of the three-year plan at the beginning are gone. Yes. Uh, except for basically Calvo, Schuler, Kalman, uh, Miguel. But Kalman was always part of the backup plan. You know, right, even Miguel right. was but, part but, of the backup. But he's in the box, so and he's and and, and like Molino, I guess. You know, but Molino but, certainly. But Molino, was, but Molino yeah. is a discussion we can we can have at yeah. another time when we actually see if he's actually going to because his progression from the first couple of games, you can't you can't judge. Right. Well, I guess I'm, I'm saying that it's not the team's fault that he didn't. He would be part of the plan, and so right. I mean, if he, um, if, if if the injury hadn't happened when it did, then yes, we could be able. to. Same with Finley and that aspect of it, because. But but I think like if you were to look at year two in progression and development, like the two people that I that I see the most is just you know yeah. Schuler Schuler and and, and Miguel. And Miguel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But out of everybody else, you don't see you see the stagnant of no development or yeah. you no know, due to the fact that they are not getting enough opportunities to be able to play. Or because we have, you know, signed them yeah. so late into the season that, you know, the expect- expectation of them able to produce and and contribute to the team is, is not as high as, as it will yeah. be. And as you pointed out, you know, you want to give um, signings, usually international signings, you know, or DP signings, you know, at least, you know, a full season before they, they're right. able to be able to do it. And so we'll see. I mean... I mean, if you look at what Quintero has done so far this season, um, has he done what Zlatan or Vela or Rooney have done this so far? No, I mean, my opinion would be would be would be no. Yeah. And so, and I I think you know when we talk about I've been thinking more about this. Uh, you know, people will always debate like, well, Heath out or Lagos out or both out or whatever. And I think that what I don't understand is the team's rigid defense of Heath. Because I just, I don't see it. I don't see what they're seeing. I do understand the rigid defense of, of Lagos in that they view, they view like this year they have made, they've got a decent team out there. Like they view the fact that they are invested in Romario. They have spent money. You know, the, the team is not being cheap. I think they keep on getting accused, accused of being cheap. They're not being cheap. Well, I mean, yeah, they, they forked up money for Quintero. I mean, yeah. it was it was that was an investment like, and a risk. So uh, yeah, and even though people, like he was cheaper than he should have been, right. he's, they they still did that. They they put out money for um they used their tam on on Romario, uh, money on uh, uh to, for the transfer fee for um uh, Rodriguez, and I think that like I understand they're kind of like well we. We have these players who we think are really going to make good next year. Um, now, my response to that is you still have not ever, ever gotten close to approaching the, the positions of need, which is center back, uh, full back, and 
central midfield, although right. they did, you know, Maximiano and, and Fernando Bob obviously are attempts to do that. Right, but I mean, those are those are six you, you really want to be yeah. able to play for a 10 well, at least, right? Well, and, and, and what I would say after watching this game is uh, what we've needed, I, I've said this before, but um, we've needed a six, certainly, but what we've needed also is, is a replacement for Ibsen. Ibsen is great. He came into this game and he was what this game needed because we needed someone who could pick out a pass and move forward. But Ibsen, as we've said many times, he's, his drawback is he ruins your shape and you have to have someone to clean up behind him. And we need, you know, you can't just throw the double six in there and expect us to actually put balls forward. Right. We need someone to, uh, someone in there um, to, to, to help marshal the game. Right. And whether that's a six or an eight, whatever the, you want to call it, we need a someone who can, we need a Michael Bradley or a Dex McCarty, right? Someone who, they can tackle, they can do these things, but they do it a little bit deeper, or they, they but they can pass. We don't have anyone to do that other than Ibsen. That's why Ibsen has gotten so much time this year, uh, because there's just no one else out there. Schuler's all right. But he's nowhere near. Well, Schuler is the cleanup for Ibsen. Yeah, but and his passing is decent. But yeah, it's, no, it's it's, it's, it's improved. It's, it's improved. very it's, improved, it's very but, um. Uh, but it's but simple. it's not. But it's not. In the asset moving forward all, all the time, right? Yeah. His passing, you know, sometimes goes back. Sometimes he goes goes able to reset the offense. But no, no, I think I think you know Ibsen has has a role. But he but we all have seen what Ibsen can and and, and what he shouldn't do. Uh, and I think. With this, with this team right now, currently we don't have a better option to to put out there when we need to produce somewhat of an of an offense, right? Yeah. I mean, I mean, we yeah. we we're still trying to figure out what Maxi and Fernando Bob can do. We yeah. see Fernando Bob make nice long passes, right, deep into deep into the opponent's area, but that's not been as consistent, right? Maxi yeah. is known more as an enforcer, right? You know he'll he'll get down and dirty. He'll he'll win balls. He'll knock people over. He'll get red cards. He'll get double yellows. You know, you know he's he, some he, he his presence will be felt on the field, right? But we don't have currently without you know and, and most of the people that we have, you know, uh, for this for this season like has been our biggest drawback or our biggest hurdle has been injuries. Yeah. And um, <clears throat> I want to finish on this. Why the hell was Ibarra pulled in the 68th minute or something like that? What, why, like, what in God's name are we doing pulling Miguel out of there? And Miguel didn't have a great game. No, he did not. But uh, I could have, I could have picked out ten other players you could have pulled and put. You know, it was just very bizarre. Yeah, um, I think I think that that might have been a decision of the fact that he had that that horrible knee clash. Earlier in in the first you half, think so. all right, maybe and maybe then, that's and it. then like just wanted okay. to play safety. I was like, hey, let's 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 take him out and make sure that okay. he doesn't he doesn't aggravate something that he's already. And he you know what? It. Now that I think about it, he he wasn't fully training with the team today, so I I rescind my upsetness. Um, but I would still be upset. Yeah, yeah Pango is never the better up. option yeah. to Heath to out. put in to put uh, in to put in for for Ibarra. I mean, I mean, I mean, uh, you know, where was. I know, I know. Putting in toy would have changed the shape, but you want to be able to have someone who's who's got that motor, like Ibarra. If you if you're exchanging one for one, you don't you don't want to you want to be able to have someone with that motor. We know that Pangop does not have that that motor. Um, toy 
will hustle, but he changes the the shape of of what you have out there. Uh, Delari is still not fit, I'm assuming, and and, and if and, and he still changes the shape as well too. So, so yes, well, I, I I see the frustration. I see it all. I I just there was a lot of calls that I did not uh, comprehend, and I there's also you know a, a lot of things with this team that that that's been hard to figure out, um, and uh, some of it comes to the coaching, uh, some of it comes to the available players that you have. But also, you know, the the biggest thing for me is is if you if you are in in the area of knowing that you have no chance to play, chance to make it into the playoffs, uh, why are you not using your giving time to your youth to to be able to get some of that MLX experience? Because we know how how valuable that can be. Whether that's you know whether that leads into a good result or a bad result you want to be able to get them that experience and and that's still what what bothers me about this team so far is the act that they're not giving a will, not not willing to give those opportunities to players that that would gain uh not only confidence but also experience to to, to get that and I, that I still don't understand why that happens I don't know if I ever will yeah. but it's just something that hopefully we'll be able to to see and we'll see what happens with this um 50k to midway game. Yeah. So let's yeah, let's let's wrap up on that which is that, you know, LA Galaxy coming. I think Zlatan's going to play, you think which so? will be, yeah, I think so. You think it's it's value cuz yeah. I cuz <clears throat> we had, we were having this conversation on Twitter with Bruce McGuire and I think um and I think Jeff um might have been in that conversation too, but th- I think the fact that he he is uh he he stated that he will play on turf and specifically if the game if the game has relevance to yeah. what they're doing. So I think it, I think it does, right? Because you know they they have to be able to get into the playoffs yeah. and and because already Rooney already beat him to that. So yeah, so so uh, that game's gonna happen this weekend. Romario Abu and those guys are 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 back training with the team, so they might be available. It would be great to have Romario back. And will we have Cabo back? Uh, Cabo should be back. Yep. Um, so let's uh, take a break, and we've got some Twitter questions. All right, 55.1 Podcast, here's the Twitter questions, uh, which is, um, in addition to 50,000 to Heath out, should we plan a subliminal... So this is Eric uh, Silverbrenneman saying... We want 50,000 people to do Heath out. Should we plan a subliminal Mark Dos Santos chant uh, and Portuguese for the ESPN auto audio just for him? No, we'll just we'll just send him a love letter ourselves, Eric. Um, I think Eric should come up with a chant. Uh, Rob Spence, who was at the at the bar with us, uh, says the typeface on the back of the Peru kits, and he says finger or uh, you know. Uh, Hey, okay. No, that we, we, we had a discussion like about. A yeah, show. it was yeah. it was really really sharp and and enjoyed it. I, I think I, I really enjoy the the USA kits. I like I like solid colors more than I do, um, you know, playing around with with it. So, but Rob Spence would know better as he designs a lot of uh, a lot of stuff. But uh, he his eye is always good to watch. So so if he if Rob Spence. Things that the lettering for the Peruvian jerseys is on point. I am happy to oblige. Eric Rohn says, I understand that Wonderwall wants to support the team, 
But does there come a time when the intent to support the players on a game day becomes implicit support of Heath in the front office? MLS marketing would suggest so. Is there a way to do the former without the latter? I, I mean, I, the team, the the supporters were doing Heath out. Uh, uh, not all of them, but some of them uh, at the end of the game. I, I certainly uh, don't do anything personally. It's you know. During those 90 minutes, it's support. Although anyone who's stood anywhere near me knows that a game like that, I spent half of the game sitting with my head between my hands and, and pouting. But, um, uh, you know, then, yeah, do your Heath out. Have a Heath out banner. I don't care. Like, do that stuff. Like, you should make your... your but should the supporters group do it en masse? I don't think they're ever going to organize something, but... No, I don't think so. But it will be something more even, organic. Even as frustrated as, as they may be with what's going on, I think I think that's something that uh, that they probably would not be able to do because, you know... But, but I, I mean, if you feel like it, do it. You know, like, if personally you feel like you need to be able to call that out... I mean that's that's why you that's why you pay your money to be able to get into that stadium, right? To be able to to have just a little bit of a, of a, of a voice in what you say. So if that's something that you want to do, go for it. I mean, yeah, um, yeah. I mean, I think. Uh, the, and then there is. Uh, let's see, what other Twitter questions do we have on here? Carl Bates had this question. Yes, thank you. Yes. Yeah. Based upon uh, so, you know, okay. Here's the story. Um, the MLS MVPs, Defender of the Years, the the big kind of long yeah, newcomer, all long stuff, list, yeah. all of that came out. Uh, players like uh, Brent Coleman were nominated for uh, Defender of the Year. Mm-hmm. Uh, Francisco Calvo uh, got no respect and was not on it. Um, How happy are you about that? I just I don't know. Or is it? Are you happier um, about Colombia rocking Costa Rica? Yeah, no. Uh, so <laughs> so um, uh, but Tim Parker, who is one of the best defenders in the league. Right. Ron Waxman, who's his agent, uh, um, said, uh, you know, th- it's a joke that he's not nominated, and, and that is true. Um, it does seem like, uh, um, uh, you know, T- Taylor Twelman says, after a little research, apparently, Ron, it's the players' respective clubs that nominate two players for this kind of award. It's not MLS, but rather New York Red Bulls that, that uh, didn't put him on that uh List and then actually Bobby Warshaw's response to that is the best because <clears throat> he's observing Ron Waxman talking about how New York Red Bulls didn't nominate him and he just said Con- contract negotiations already off to a great start huh so I'm gonna lose my voice so let's finish the podcast um but basically <laughs> basically uh, um, the question here from Carl Bates is that. Minnesota apparently then did not nominate Francisco Calvo. They nominated Brent Coleman right. and uh, Michael Boxall for Defender of the Year, which I find to be fascinating. Interesting, right? Uh, very fascinating. Because that has to come either from... I mean, neither... And, the- and then Carl Bates and as well as uh, David get into the discussion of like who is making those decisions or who should be allowed in their organization to make those decisions. So is it the coaching staff? Yeah. Is it the head coach? Is it... Uh, is it Lagos or Heath? Is it Lagos? You know, yeah. Is it Heath? Who is it making those decisions? And I, th- I, I think that makes it a really interesting conversation about who is at that. But in reality, we don't know, right? Yeah. No, we don't know. <laughs> we um, don't know. I, I, I think it's fascinating. You know, Miguel and, and Darwin got... Uh, they, they put forward for MVP of the year and, and Darwin for newcomer. 
And I think Darwin has a has a Darwin, decent chance. It's Darwin, uh, Darwin and Zlatan for newcomer of the year. Zlatan. You don't think you don't think Rooney has any any any. Uh, Rooney Rooney has had an effect, but not in not in the way that the, those other two have had. Um, I think Zlatan does Zlatan get get. I mean, I guess we can have this conversation once we get towards the end of the season and we get closer to these awards being nominated. I think. But I think Slatan and, and Jeff jumped into this idea as like, who are your MVPs, right, of the season? And my vote goes to Vela. Um, yeah, yeah, that's and, yep. and I think uh, you know, if we do do, I think Slatan would, would would fall in there. But uh, as, a, as 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 competition for the for the, but I think to me it's Vela. Even though Atlanta has you know Joseph, but um, I think if you take Vela out of LAFC, you 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 don't you don't get the results that they're getting right, and I think um, yes, I think Rooney has done great in the aspect of being a newcomer uh, and being able to take DC into the playoffs, um, um, and Zlatan is trying to do that, you know, with yeah. uh, with LA with LA, um, but you know it's 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 um, but Zlatan has scored more and done way more uh, goals and assists, etc. He's been unbelievable this season. He's newcomer of the year. Darwin, I think, should be second. MVP behind Vela, I think, I think actually should be Miguel Amiron, not Joseph Martinez. Okay. Because Joseph... That's fair. Joseph, like, is scoring because he's getting so many chances. And right. Miguel has 12 goals, 11 assists. Uh, I think that he does way more for that team than the guy who just plunges, you know, and I, the and, ball. I, and I think for, if we're going to have this type of discussion, which I welcome at all times, I think we should save that and table it for sure the next pacha okay all right uh let's take let's uh, not take a break let's just go home uh <laughs> thanks everyone and uh we'll be back uh next week after uh after zlatan uh, uh destroys us or something and um what is the over under 1.5 goals i think someone tweeted out that if zlatan plays would be one one and a half goals would be the over under so i want him and uh the game should just be he and darwin just taking chip like a like a home run just derby. Just feed them and then just but, have yeah, them chip, one, one, chipping one the keepers. The yeah, yeah, yeah. That so, would be great. I think I would. Have. We'll see everybody at the game. Hopefully, right? I'll be at the game. Yeah. So last game, yeah. Hopefully, you'll be at the game. If not, don't forget black cards. Um, yeah. Wednesday, we'll uh, we'll have the uh, uh, U.S. Women's National Team game and uh, and otherwise also the Kickstarter. Yes. Adios. Bye. Thank you.